This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We just recently finished a teacher training. Uh, It was one month long, 21 students, and there was so much growth from the start of the training to the end. One of my favorite transformations was a woman named Sachio, and her face changed dramatically. It went from puffy to clear and bright, and she just looked like a complete different person after. Yeah, it's really, really fun to watch how much people can change when they take up the practices of Ayurveda and yoga. Yeah, that's one of the funnest parts of the trainings are the before and after photos. The graduation, we have them look at the photos at the end side by side, and they can all see how different their energy is. So it's raining here. You might hear the rain in the background. Right, but the Durga produce loves that. So we have lots of vegetables going on. We've been Uh, having our first asparagus harvest and we've got avocados and all different kinds of greens and cabbage and yacon which is a really wonderful root vegetable from South America. And it's coming in nice quantity now in preparation for our next English training which actually starts in only a couple of days. We've also got uh, Durga Farms now. We have a a new um, coordinator for our programs, and we also have a new office coordinator here. Our programs coordinator for Durga is Jess, and the office coordinator is Amanda. So we hope uh, you might have some opportunity to interact with them. We're also just in the process of completing our counselor's training course in Ayurveda, We're really looking forward to having this counselor training course uh, available to people. I know for myself, who's been studying Ayurveda over the last few years, it's the practical nature of what we're working on is so helpful. And there's one section about Dinacharya, and that's a word that I haven't seen used in the courses or books that I've studied so far or that I've read. Myra, can you share what Dinacharya is with our listeners? Well, Dinacharya is basically your daily practice. It's what we do each day to promote our health and well-being. Then in these practices, these, they're small things, really, uh, things that many of us do include. What they do is help to keep the doshas in their normal cycle and their, their natural amounts so that we have good health and well-being. I know that... There's a couple clients who, if they were here, would ask you, what is your dinacharya? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and you know, I, I really work at trying to keep it as similar as possible, whether I'm at home or traveling. The, you know, the, upon awakening, actually, the first thing I do is I say a prayer, and I actually do that. I try to do that most of the time. I attempt to do that before I open my eyes or I think of something of a spiritual nature. And you know, if there is the occasion where something else jumps in, then I turn my mind uh, to the prayer. You suggested that to me a while ago, and the days that I 
do that, it makes such a big difference. Yes, yeah, it's really a wonderful practice. But after I get up, then the first thing I have is a is a half a cup of hot water, and that just helps to clear any any mucus or any phlegm that might be there. And then I I practice uh, what's called neti and and nasya. So I use warm salt water to clean the nasal passages. And then for nasya, you can use an herbal oil. You can use also a plain oil, sesame, or coconut for some people, pitta constitution. But I also use ghee, and particularly this time of year, I use ghee uh, that actually has herbs decocted into it so that they help um, the, the memory and uh, the clarity of mind. So it's called Brahmi ghee or Brahmi Gritta. But plain ghee works really well also, and especially if someone has a lot of allergies, you can just put a little of that ghee around the edge of the nostrils, and it, and it uh, helps to uh, minimize the sniffling and sneezing. I have used ghee a few times, and it does. It feels very nice inside the nostrils. Yeah, yeah soothing. And then abhyanga is the next thing I do. I oil my body with warm oil. So I have just a little, a little um, uh, heater in the, in the bathroom, and, and I do that each morning. And ideally, you know, the, that oil would be left on for 20 minutes or longer. And some days it's not 20 minutes for me. It's a little less. It's more like 10 to 15. But I still find that doing it makes all the difference, you know, that I take my time putting the oil on. So it helps me to start my day in a, in a, a calmer way. And, and then after that, then I, start, I go to the oral care. You know, I, I, I start with scraping the tongue, uh, brushing the teeth, and flossing, and, um, and then I bathe. And then after dressing, then I, I go to do Vedic fire ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And I do mantras with the Vedic fires for 15 minutes, and then I do pranayama, I meditate, and then I take my dogs for a walk, which is a really wonderful thing to do each morning, and they really enjoy it. They do. They're <laughs> ready to go barking at us if we take an extra couple minutes in meditation. Yeah. <laughs> and then after returning, I come back and I do, I do my asana practice, I have my breakfast, and then I, I start the rest of my day. And, you know, one of the other parts of my dinacharya, though, is that when I finish a meal, the midday meal and the evening meal, I take a, a walk then also. And the dogs enjoy this, too, except in the summertime when it's too hot in the middle of the day. But that little stroll, just 10 to 15 minutes, makes such a difference in the digestion, and it's an opportunity to get out in nature especially in those times when we're working on the computer or doing those kinds of things. And then another practice that, that's part of Dinacharya that I'll have to say that I'm not as, as consistent with, but I really find it beneficial when I do it, and that is right after eating is to pat some cool water on the eyes mm. and just to gargle a little bit with a little bit of water and spit it out. Those two things are, are really uh, helpful to, to the digestion and the condition of the digestive tract. You mentioned oral care, and actually the specific topic of mouth hair has come up recently a few times uh, in the last few days. So we've had a farm worker who recently bought a tongue scraper, and she came back and at dinner the next day said, okay, I have the scraper, now what do I do with it? (laughs) And um, then we also have a client doing her own reading and wanting to know how to monitor her state of agni. So 
she knows that the tongue can tell her when agony is weak, but she doesn't know what the signs mean. And then we've had a third question that came on uh, Facebook. Someone asked, what should I do with the coating on my tongue that's been there for many years of buildup? I think it would be great if we could talk a bit about healthy tongue characteristics to start. Okay. Yeah, I think our tongue isn't something that we look at very often, but I highly suggest it every morning and every evening at a minimum mm-hmm. just to take a look at it. But, but let's just talk about you know, what's uh, natural for a tongue. Yeah, not everybody's tongue is the same. So a person who has more vata in their constitution, the tongue is going to be darker. It's going to tend to be a little more narrow. And the, the pitta tongue in general, it tends to be a little more pink to red, and the kapha tongue tends to be a pale pink. And, uh, and the shape is, is thicker and rounder, for example, than the vata tongue. But the tongue really, in general, should be, it should be moist, it should be comfortable. Generally, it's pink. Uh, and it, it's really an amazing thing, the way we're designed, because each of our organs uh, has a location on the tongue. So if we look at then what does it look like when it's out of balance, you know, I look at my tongue, for example, the person who asked the question, who has a coating on the tongue over many years, it might not look like what those uh, general tongue characteristics are that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So when vata is imbalanced, there's little cracks all over the tongue, there might, it might be very dry, there might be bumps in the back on the sides, which is uh, related to kidney weakness. There might be a, a film you know, sort of over the, the center and the back of it. The tongue might look and feel kind of rough. A brown coating in the back is also a sign of vata. And the location that where vata shows up primarily is in the back of the tongue. And then pitta imbalance will look like a very deep, deep red color. Uh, there might that be, makes sense. Yes. It does the red, the bright. Right, with the fire. And then there might be cold sores. There might be bumps in the middle toward the back. But there's also some tendency to have a greenish or yellowish coating around the center. And then there might be just bright red patches around the tongue. Or it might be bright red with cracks. So Pitta's main location, though, is around the center of the tongue. And then a kapha imbalance, the tongue is going to look very different. It looks, it'll be very pale pink. It might even have an oily film on it. might have a white coating. And when there's kapha imbalance, there's actually depressions in the tongue. And they'll tend to be on the sides and toward the front. And any bumps or depressions at the, at the center and the front would be related to the lungs. And more toward the front and toward the tip of the tongue, um, a pale color there is related to the heart. So when you, when you say depressions, if I look at my tongue and I see little waves going around the edges, is that what you mean? Indi- Actually, that's not it. Those indentations on the sides of the tongue come from an accumulation of arm or toxins in the body that cause the tongue to swell, and then it pushes up against the teeth which then makes that scallop look around the sides. Ah, I see. Yeah, with kapha imbalance, actually, there actually be depressions in the tongue. So instead of it just being a smooth surface, they'll be dense, and they tend to be around the sides. It'll actually dent downward. Oh, Or inward, I should say. 
Okay, and then what about the white all over the tongue? Some people, I've seen tongues like yeah. that. And, and that, that is a sign of AMA. That's a sign of metabolic toxins accumulating in the digestive tract. So if you wake up one morning and find big white tongue, then you know that what and how you ate the day before didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that you can start to look at and say, okay, what was I doing? How were my emotions? What kind of food did I eat? Did I eat some weird combinations of things? And then you can start to make corrections from there. How long do you think it takes um, for the tongue to reflect choices that move us out of balance? Well, the tongue can reflect that in 24 hours. It can reflect a change. But when there's years and years of accumulated toxins, then mm-hmm. it's going to take, it'll take longer than that. But even in two to three days, people will see a change. So, for example, when people come to our retreats, in in a matter of days, depending on the individual, of just eating kitchery in a very simple diet, there'll be big changes in how the tongue looks. Mm -hmm. So some other signs that are, are, I think, significant to, to know about with the tongue is that, again, little cracks all over the tongue are a sign of internal dryness and then bumps are also related to vata so that internal dryness is vata imbalance and then bumps on the tongue are also going to be vata related and then we mentioned that indentation is more related to kapha imbalance and then when the the, the tongue is really dark red then there's some inflammation and there's an, an excess pitta there's a, a lot of people have a large crevice or maybe just a line down mm-hmm. the middle of the tongue. And so that's really related to, to stress and to, to nervous energy. And for some people, it could be also some spinal problems. So, uh, you know, it depends on the individual. And those are all signs of vata imbalance. And then often there's pitta imbalance, too. But another thing that people ask about often with oral care is bad breath. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. and bad breath means that something didn't go well with your digestion. So the agni is, is disturbed, and digestion did not go well, and ama is accumulating right then. And it may not have shown up as a big white coating as yet, because there may not be that much yet. Um, but it is a sign. And so, again, anytime we get these, these kinds of signs from the body, the body has a lot of wisdom it's trying to tell us that, that something that we're doing needs to be changed in order for things to go well. So there's something called morning breath, where the breath smells, has, has smell in the morning. Is that imbalance? Yes. <laughs> That's disturbed agni. Yeah, I, I don't think I really thought about that because that just seemed to be such a common experience of the people that I knew. And mm-hmm. now that I think about it, I don't experience that. But I didn't ever have the thought that perhaps it could be different than that. Yes, right, right, right. There's so many things about our body that in Ayurveda, you know, it really just helps us to get to know what's natural so that we can you know, start to just make really small shifts, things that really might not be that big a deal to change and get really great results from those changes. Yeah, and you mentioned natural. And what I need to remind myself is that normal, what's normal, isn't always natural. Right. That's right. These days especially. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about, uh, I have another one. What about feelings like the tongue is thick or hairy feeling? All right, that's um, in the small intestines. Yeah, that's, those are metabolic toxins from digestion not happening properly. Okay. Now, let's say we have a bunch of people looking at their tongues right now and they're seeing all these symptoms. So what do they do about them, <laughs> these signs of imbalance? Well, first of all, you want to improve the quality of your digestion. And there's some really simple things that you can do. The first of which is chew your food to liquid. And if the food is already liquid, then hold it in your mouth long enough. Just First of all, you'll taste it a little bit more and feel the texture of it um, and engage all of your senses with it. But that's going to help it, um, the digestive enzymes to start working that come from your mouth. And therefore, you're going to digest better. So a smoothie would be an example of that, holding in the mouth a little bit before swallowing. Right, or a liquid soup. Yeah, that you that and and those are fine things. Um, we don't generally recommend smoothies. I, I think it's a better idea to eat the food that, mm-hmm. that is in the smoothie. But um, they are common these days. They are common. Yes. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you give it an opportunity to digest, and that 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 smoothie doesn't contain any more food than you would normally eat. Mm-hmm. Because the next comment that I was going to make about digestion is that that you need to stop eating at the first burp or prior to that first burp. Because once you, once you burp, just like a baby, it means you're finished. It means the body's got all it can handle. That's a big one. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. And we have a couple of posts uh, in our library of self-healing about that. Because sometimes people, it's, they're very tense inside. They feel like they don't burp at all. Mm-hmm. And then and sometimes then when we have um, some difficulty with our relationship with food, we tend to want to manipulate the burp. So there's two posts in that, in that reading at hollypulley.com uh, mm-hmm. about that. Right. And even if um, you enter burp into the search bar, it'll pull up the articles for you. Okay. <laughs> And then, let's see, another thing that you can do to improve the quality of your digestion is, is to not eat anything within three hours of going to bed. So that gives the food an opportunity to get at least a, a portion of the way through the digestive process. Because when you go to sleep, the, the energy is pulled away from the digestive process. I was actually just looking at one of the questionnaires from a farm worker we have here. And one of the changes she's noticed is that she no longer feels groggy in the mornings. And one of the things she used to do was um, eat late at night. Mm-hmm. And she would eat around 8 or 9 o'clock and go to bed, and she would be groggy. And, uh, and now that's something that's shifted for her. Right, right. And I understand she says she has a lot more energy now, too. Yes. Yeah. So another thing, of course, is the quality of the food that you're eating if you're eating a lot of food that's either leftovers or something that is uh, not freshly cooked, that's going to make a big difference in the quality of your digestion. So to make sure as much as possible that you have freshly cooked whole grains, legumes, and vegetables, and that when you have fresh fruits that are preferably seasonal for where you live, that you keep those separate from other food, and uh, and that means that it's at least three hours away from other food. Mm-hmm. Because putting fresh fruits, for example, uh, with a meal with grains and vegetables and legumes is going to be a digestive disaster. Yes, and that's for all ages, too. I know my sister has a new baby, and they're feeding him baby food with fruit and vegetable together, and they made that shift, and, and they noticed a difference. 
right. in his sleep and digestion and his yeah. general temperament. Yeah, yeah, because with anybody, that's going to cause gas. And, and ga when you have excessive gas, it means you're not digesting the food. And that means you're not going to get the nutrients from it, and then you're going to be looking for more food. And then you get things like bad breath. Right. That's an example. <laughs> yeah. So um, one more thing I wanted to mention was it was just the proportions of augmenting and extractive, that we keep that at about 60-40, meaning 60% augmenting food that adds to the body that's nurturing and nourishing, and then about 40% extractive, meaning foods that draw things out of the body. So in the Library of Self-Healing on, on the Holly Pulley website, we have um, a couple of posts that talk about that, that actually uh, have a nice diagram, and there's lists of foods for augmenting and extractive and defining that uh, more specifically. Okay. Now, we mentioned, you mentioned earlier that one could notice changes in the tongue and in symptoms in about in as little as 24 hours, sometimes longer. The question that came through on Facebook was about the coating being persistent and her needing to wear it away. And so what about persistent coatings that even she mentioned using chemicals on it, that that was what was necessary to have it move out? Right. So if the coating is not going away, then the, the, the disturbed digestion is not going away. And really, over time, that's going to turn into a disease. You shouldn't really need to wear it away. What will happen is if you change the environment internally, then the tongue will change. So certainly the things that we've mentioned, like using a tongue scraper regularly, uh, is really important. So we want to eliminate the cause of the coating yeah, mm -hmm. rather than just trying to, to take the coating away all the time. You know, the tongue is actually fairly sensitive. We want to be gentle with it. Mm. Okay, so she may just need to be more gentle but persistent yes at changing her digestive conditions yes okay great so now we'll take a break holly Puli has a home version of panchakarma and panchakarma are therapies to help clear um out of the system to clear toxins out of the system and also to rejuvenate it cleans up your insides, and then you can see how much your tongue changes as a result of that. So if you're interested, you can email us at info at hollypule.com for more information. So we are back from the break. We talked about general practices to clean up digestion and move toward a healthy tongue, but are there any specifics that we can talk about this afternoon? Well, we really need to know the whole picture. You know, in Ayurveda, we look at human beings as holistic creatures. And so the best way is to have a consultation to get started. You know, a healthy tongue comes from healthy digestion. So beyond the things that we've been talking about, it really takes that, that type of uh, look at things on an individual basis. But some of the other things that, that can be done that really make a lot of difference is to, is to balance your agni or your digestive fire. And there's some really simple ways to do that with some ginger tea. For most people, made with fresh ginger, just a few slices of ginger in some boiling water, or you can soak it actually overnight. 
When would uh, the powdered ginger be called for? The powdered ginger is a little more heating, so that would be called in the case of someone who has uh, excess uh, vata or kapha. Okay. Then the ginger appetizer, which is chopped ginger, a little sprinkle of salt, and a, and a few drops of lime or lemon, chewed thoroughly before a meal. And that recipe uh, is in Simple Ayurvedic Recipes, uh, one of my books. So other things that we can do to, to balance the Agni and keep it strong is to chew thoroughly and stop eating at the first burp that mm-hmm. we mentioned already, having fruit at its own meal. And then we have um, food combination post in the Library of Self-Healing, too, that talks about different combinations. Right, right. And, you know, most of them make sense to us. You know, if, we're, if we haven't gotten into really extremes in terms of our taste and eating, then, then the food combinations that we talk about in Ayurveda make sense. But one of the ones that's always uh, an interesting one, for, especially for North Americans, is that it's not suggested to have milk uh, with bananas. And, oh, yes. Right. And bananas, you know... They, they seem to be sweet when we eat them, but the way they uh, affect the body after digestion is that they're sour. So if you put milk with that, now you have sourness with the milk, and it's going to curdle. And that's one of the reasons that so many people have so much trouble then. down. It takes a little while. The body will tolerate that for a while, and then eventually it's going to cause a problem. And uh, then people really think that the dairy is the problem. But but oftentimes it's the combinations, and and dairy is also something that's it's heavy, and that's actually one of the things that we really like about it. Mm-hmm. But having it cold mm-hmm. and having it in poor combination with other things makes it problematic. It's starting to warm up now. What about cold things? So we don't recommend cold things at all Mm -hmm. not cold cold food or cold drinks because it's like throwing sand on your agni it's like throwing sand on a fire it makes it smolder and then it doesn't work well not only for that meal but for the next meals coming until you strengthen it again so staying away from from cold foods and cold drinks is a really great idea Mm -hmm. okay and then Scraping the tongue, the Ayurvedic texts, they mention scraping seven times from back to front. Right, and you want to use a metal tongue scraper to do that, and you want to uh, scrape gently. You don't press really hard, but mm-hmm. enough that it'll t- take any coating off. And, and there shouldn't, eventually, when, when, when things are going really well, there'll be very little that comes off of that. Okay, and we do have tongue scrapers available online at hollypulley.com as well. Now, Myra, this is perfect timing because I was wondering how you are liking your new copper tongue scraper. Right. I, you know, I started out with a copper tongue scraper 20-something years ago, and um, I liked it, and I changed to a stainless, and I can't even remember why. But I like the copper very much. And and the copper is nice for, for vata and kapha types, and the stainless is probably better for pitta. And it's really best if we don't use plastic at all. Mm, Okay. And now, I know before I learned about tongue scraping, I would feel the thickness on my tongue and coating, and I would use a toothbrush to brush my tongue. 
Right, and I wouldn't recommend that. It's better to use a tongue scraper. You know, they're really simple devices, and they they last pretty much forever. It definitely feels better now that I've made the shift. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also best not to use the brush because there's an accumulation uh, on the tongue, and that usually has bacteria in it that you really don't want to spread around on your teeth. Uh, and one of the things that we're doing when we brush the teeth is to disturb the bacteria so that it doesn't uh, find a home in our gums and teeth mm-hmm. and start to cause decay. Okay. So the tongue scraper will help with the coating. And helps you to determine what's going on just because it gets you to look at your tongue. Oh, right. Okay. And then it will also help people to avoid needing harsh chemicals, as was mentioned in one of the questions. That's right. That's okay. right. So I, I personally used to use chemical toothpaste and mouthwash just to try to cover up cover up the problems of, you know, feeling gunk on the teeth or having the bad breath. Right. And, you know, I, as I mentioned before, you know, our body really naturally wants to come back to a state of balance. And putting chemicals in there is not going to do that. Mm. And so obviously then changing the diet so that our digestion goes better is is the the first and most important thing you know in ayurveda one of the great things that we can learn is about being responsible for what we do you know, that recognizing that we do things that get us results mm-hmm. yeah and this is where you know the practices of yoga come in as well because there's something in yoga called dvesha and dvesha is aversion You know, it's when we try to avoid something Mm -hmm. and we take extra steps to try to do that. Uh, And and so we want to learn to not use dvesha, but go back to the the cause of the problems and make the changes there. Okay. So while we're making the changes, would it be beneficial to scrape three times a day or more rather than two? You know, you could scrape three times a day after each meal. One could okay. do that. And, and, but, and the only other time I can think of that it might be useful to do it more often would be if you're ill. And, and again, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that, that I would recommend that. It would be an individual situation. Uh, so there's always an exception and a possibility. But in general, after each meal or twice a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I certainly have enjoyed watching my tongue change over the years. And when I get my herbs refilled each month, taking the photo, the close-up of my tongue, and sending it to you yeah. <laughs> for your input. Right, right. It's always an amazing thing when I open an email and there's a big tongue. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it really, it's just so straightforward and practical and an easy way to monitor what's happening with the doshas and with one's health. Okay. Now, we talked about dvesha from bringing in the yoga perspective. So in general, what is the yogic perspective on oral care? Well, there's something called saucha or shaucha, and that means purity. Uh, And when we speak of it and define it, for people in modern days now, we talk about it being about cleanliness, both internally and externally. And so it does relate to this oral care. You know, that that we need to clean the mouth and take care of the body, eliminate regularly in that, and particularly before we do spiritual practices, because then the body's as clean as possible in order to 
develop that connection internally that we're doing with the spiritual practices. But the oral care, again, you know, it's a representation of the internal environment, so it, it has a very direct effect not only on our body but on our mind as well. And, you know, I wanted to mention one other thing. We had someone here recently, and, and when she arrived, her teeth were clear. They were, they were no longer white. And uh, she was someone who had, had had some illness in her life in that. And so we suggested that she chew sesame seeds, just a teaspoon of sesame seeds each day. And in, in less than a month, her teeth were white again. So you chew yep. the, ses- the raw sesame seeds for five minutes, it, and it's a wonderful source of uh, easily assimilated calcium. So, you know, that was a really simple way to solve a problem that appeared to be a much bigger problem. And someone had also just asked me this past week, there was some special that the dentist was offering to oh, have right. teeth whitening done for a couple of hundred dollars to have, uh, you know, chemicals put in your mouth to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I reminded her of chewing her sesame seeds and how that would make such a big difference. So, you know, sometimes we do things for looks, but that's also a sign that there's some some deficiency. Mm -hmm. And the sesame seeds are a real simple way of taking care of that. At the same time, she was also enhancing the, the, uh, the digestive environment in general so that when she puts calcium in, uh, in some food form into her body that she's able to assimilate it. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about that at the meal this past week. And then Vanessa, our farm manager, she shared a great quote about oral care. And what was that again? Oh, yeah. It was, be true to your teeth or they will be false to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I and, like you that. know, we all really, we like to hang on to what we have, you know. Yeah. Keeping your teeth is a really nice idea. So this notion of saucha or, or purity is something that we want to just keep in mind. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to be absolutely perfect. But if it makes you feel better, then go in that direction. And I don't mean a quick hit of feeling better, but rather that it's going to make you feel better all day long and to really start to notice those things when they happen. And so the wellness journal then would be the resource to use in order to strengthen that ability to keep choosing the direction we want to go. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, we have a wellness journal that we use, which is a way of recording sort of everything that's going on. And you can just make little notes on it, but it it reminds you of each of the aspects of our lives, including our emotional and spiritual being and what's happening right then. Mm -hmm. But what I find that people really get from the wellness journal is that they can connect their actions to the results that they're getting. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that when they eat a bunch of junk food, they'll be able to see on there, there'll be an acne outbreak after that, for example. Their, that their poor eating habits get them bad breath and coating on their teeth. And that if you have an emotional jag one day, then there might not be elimination. You might not have a bowel movement for a day or two, and then there'll be some bad breath. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we start to see those connections and not try to run away from them. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite parts about Ayurveda is that it teaches us to become our own healer. And something as simple as the tongue that many of us haven't paid much attention to is just such a great tool to keep track of what's happening inside and then to inspire change. Right, right. And it's so important to 
start correcting things as they occur and not let them stay around for years and years because you know that that that's how disease brews it doesn't just happen one day there's always something that's been going on prior to that that has contributed to the problem and digestion is a big part of that absolutely mm-hmm. yeah you know in the ayurvedic text it talks about that the cause of our our disease is really about forgetting who we are as eternal spirit. And when we have that forgetting going on, that we forget that connection to our our higher self, you could say, that then we will tend to misuse our senses of sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. And and that's what causes disease. So so that separation from ourself is what causes us to take improper actions or to take actions that are harmful to us. And, you know, the mouth and the tongue, they're organs of action. And every time we open them or use them, it's an opportunity for us to clear karmas. And every day is a really great opportunity for us to grow. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halepule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.